This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. My goodness, the NBA free agency frenzy has been fun, hasn't it? Welcome into Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear hotline. And yeah, it's me, Jen Latta, and Bart Scott, and Mike Tannenbaum hanging out with you this morning. Happy to be here. Happy Wednesday, guys. We got to start in the association. Hump day! Hump day! Yeah! Uh, I mentioned the free agency frenzy. Yesterday, the Lakers signed Carmelo Anthony. He is 37 years old. He's an 18-year veteran. It is a one-year deal. We assume it's for the vet minimum, which he has played for over the last two seasons in Portland. They obviously signed Russell Westbrook as well. So, Bart, I'll start with you. Reaction to the Banana Boat Boys teaming up in Los Angeles. <laughs> The AARP squad. Listen, nothing to see here, right? See, yo, you you either die the hero or stay around long enough to see yourself become the villain. I think this Laker team is going to be perceived as some villains. Like it's like the who's who of like the '90s, like the best of the '90s show, the best of the early 2000s show. You know, this reminds me when the Lakers ganged up against my Pistons and Gary Payton was ring chasing. Carl Malone was trying to deliver mail at Hollywood. It's nothing to see here. I don't see how these old-ass dudes is going to make it through the entire season. Who's going to be the quarter horse other than Westbrook? Who's going to keep running with these guys every day? Kendrick Nunn, maybe. Malik Nunn, eh, I'm not worried about it. I think I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan. I wasn't before the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there'll be a lot of load management this season as we talk about those guys getting up there in age. Yeah, but A lot of Metamucil. But from a front office standpoint, Mike, you know, you know, LeBron and Melo, they're tight. They're boys. And you're starting to see this, right? Guys teaming up with with guys that they like, friends. How do you handle that from a front office standpoint? It's an opportunity. You know, if a guy like Bart and someone you know, trust and respect can make you better, you want that information. And if LeBron James knows these guys and you could get something out of them, why not? Now, I would have a big concern about someone like Carmelo Anthony. Are you paying him for something he's going to do or what he's done? Like, we've made that mistake before, so that's something you got to be really careful of. But when you have guys that you trust, the locker room is a great check and balance. When you make a mistake, when you have an opportunity, they're going to see things you can never see. So I think, obviously, in a situation like this where LeBron has so much juice, like he's going to be the number one recruiter, obviously, with the mystique of the whole franchise – and, you know, obviously, Jen, you're tying this back to Aaron Rodgers. In my opinion, why wouldn't you use Aaron Rodgers as a resource to say, hey, what do you think about these receivers? And by the way, when we cut the receiver you wanted, we cut him because of special teams. But at least give him the answer to what you're doing. He, he is owed that. So I think there are some parallels here. But clearly, going back to the Lakers, you know, the, the number one thing that they're selling is an opportunity to win a championship in L.A. with LeBron. Yeah, LeBron clearly has a little bit of autonomy there. They're giving him power to make some personnel decisions, and he's been doing that for a long time in his career. It's part of the reason why guys like Aaron Rodgers, to your point, want a little more input in the roster in the NFL, and teams have to decide if they want to go that direction. Now, they also signed Kendrick Nunn to a two-year $10 million deal. Um, Malik Monk, another guy that you saw them bring in, and Taylor Horton Tucker, who's expected to have a bigger role this year. So clearly, they are adding minimum guys who want to win yeah. a championship. Bart, can they? 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm still looking at where the outside shooting is going to come from. I mean, we saw that, you know, the Nets kind of leveled up by getting Patty Mills. They got more of a live older guy, a live veteran. These guys look dead. These guys are old, man. I think Carmelo's done a good job in accepting his role, coming off the bench, being a six man and trying to get some scoring. We know he's a walking bucket and he can, you know, he can he can really, you know, stretch a court, you know, with his three, but also he's a guy that can play as a big man and take you down low. I just don't see these guys staying healthy. You talk about load management, Mark Gasol. I mean, the, the, the one uh, signing that I'm the most excited about is Dwight Howard because it allows, you know, it allows Anthony Davis to play uh, power forward. You know, we all heard the, the stories about how he hates playing center. I just don't know if this is going to be enough. I don't know if you can hope that everything goes right. Trevor Reza, like he was once a great wing defender, he's kind of lost a step. Mark Gasol is long in the tooth. Dwight Howard is, you know, trying to be Dennis Rodman. I just don't know with, with Russell Brook. I mean, Brick. Yeah, I don't know. Russell Brick. Russell Westbrook. 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 <laughs> I don't know with Russell Westbrook. I don't know if it's enough shooting. I don't, I don't know if it's enough space or enough balls. But I, they'll make it happen. And listen, they're veterans. They'll be right there. Um, but really what this is about low management for me for Anthony Davis because he's the one that you worry about. Everybody else, okay, whatever. They, you know, they, they're not that, that important. They play a particular role. You know, LeBron James needs Anthony Davis to have a full season healthy and needs him to carry him because at this point, much like Shaq was when he went to, to Miami, you need a guy like Flash to kind of be the young energy and enthusiasm and be able to set it on the day-to-day. All these players are great, and they can be great at certain nights. You just can't expect them to be all great the same night. You know, it's interesting about, like, you talk about their bigs, like Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, Gasol. Like, is this – are they built more for a team to play in the bubble in an abbreviated season? Because we saw what yeah. happened when Anthony Davis got hurt. So, to me, like, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to fill out their roster on these one-year deals. Yeah. But can they sustain it, Jen, as you said, over a long season? So, I like them in a shortened season. Ironically, I think they really are more built for the bubble can yeah. some of these older bigs make it the whole way? Yeah, yeah, and Carmelo Anthony obviously has morphed his game. You mentioned it, Barr, obviously yeah. coming off the bench a little bit, being a serviceable guy there. Um, I'm more interested, as you said, in how LeBron and Westbrook coexist. <laughs> I saw a meme on Twitter yesterday of two dogs walking down the street, and they were fighting over a stick. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it's LeBron and Westbrook, because they're going to have to figure out, like you said, there's just the one ball. Let's hear what a guy Kendrick Perkins had to say about the Lakers' moves yesterday on the jump. What Rob Palenka did yesterday, all he did, Rachel, was set the temperature. He set the temperature by going side Trevor Ariza, Kent Bazemore, Wayne Ellington, and all of those guys. And now all of a sudden he had the cake ready to bake and he went put it in the oven by stealing the deal and going get Carmelo Anthony. The mission is complete along with the White Howard. Book it. The Lakers are on their track, back on track. Back, right, so on, back on track. <laughs> you got to love Kendrick. You got listen, prisoner of the moment. I listen, you got to love his enthusiasm and love his energy. But come on, man. Like, yo, yo they, yeah, they turned, he turned the temperature up because old people need warm weather. They can't, <laughs> they can't regulate their body type. They become cold blooded animals at some point. Like, come on, man. Come on, Kendrick. That's why they all moved down to Florida, right, Mike? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, one of the coasts, the th- thing we have in Florida, Jen, is we don't have taxes. Those guys are going out to LA, you know, and, uh, a little bit different cost of living. But I will say this, like, I wonder if LeBron James is feeling his basketball mortality. Oh, he's really close to the end. And I just wonder how much he's going to play early in the season as well because, let's Short face it. Short season again. Yeah, yeah he, he wasn't the same guy either. So it's going to be interesting to see now that he, they have all these other parts, how, how is it all going to fit 
as the year goes on. It does feel like a lot of people are pointing to the Lakers in the West and, of course, the Nets in the East. Let's take a look at this graphic, guys, because this is fascinating. The top five active scorers in the NBA are now on those two title contenders. Check that out, the Nets and the Lakers. Stats Incredible brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. So that brings up this question, Bart. Who's got more pressure right now? Is it the Lakers or the Nets to win a title this season? Well, I think, I think you know, the pressure is always on LeBron because he's always chasing the GOAT, right? You know, space jams, uh, bombed in, in theaters, you know what I mean? And he probably, you know, promised some of these guys a party, and house party too or something like that. That's probably how they're going to recoup some of that cheese that they lost off their taco. But for me, I think it's, it's definitely the, the Brooklyn Nets right now is because, you know, they can probably break up and, you know, they maybe have one more year left together before guys are going to have to sacrifice and decide if they're going to sacrifice financially again. But for me, you know, LeBron James is chasing Michael Jordan. The rest of those guys are trying to change the narrative. So I think if you want to ask me the question, I think the better one is who has more pressure, James Harden or Westbrook, to see if they can win their first title because both has had their criticism and their skeptics saying that you can't win a title with the way that they play. I think last year, you know, if you look at if if, if – Harden didn't wear the, the, the um, Norbit fat man suit, you know what I mean, walk around like Roger Butcher to get out of Houston. He would have been able to win, and, you know, that hamstring would have been able to hold up. Yeah, you know, talking about changing the arrow, I think the pressure's on your Milwaukee Bucks, and here's why. Ooh. Did they win a title that was a little bit of an asterisk? Like, can they beat Lakers that are 100%, the Clippers if Kawhi's healthy, the Nets with, you know, Kyrie healthy, Harden healthy. So, you know, is their title somewhat diminished? Like, can they come back? run it back the way the Buccaneers are going to try to do it, and can they beat those squads you know, that are were far from 100%? See, and I think that the pressure is on the Nets because of the asterisks that people are putting on the Bucks win. If the Nets don't go out there as a healthy squad this year and yeah. win the whole dang thing, then you have to take that asterisk off of the Bucks that you have put on it from this season because yeah. – Maybe they weren't cut out for it. Maybe they didn't have the roster that they needed, and maybe it was too hard to put all those personalities Patty together. Patty Mills makes them different. I, I See, you love the Patty Mills uh, no. deal. And the guy I love is P.J. Tucker. I thought he did so much of the dirty work. I thought that was a big loss for Milwaukee. Yeah, could be. But I tell you what, Patty Mills is going to change things outside shooting. He's still live, can handle some of the ball handling. And if, and if and Joe Harris don't show up in the playoffs this time, they'll bench him and they'll be fine because they got the outside shooting. Indeed. Uh, you mentioned P.J. Tucker, huge as far as attitude, as far as vibe goes. You know, even in his parade speech, he said <laughs> it wasn't that they didn't have dogs in Milwaukee. It's that they needed to learn how to be dogs. And he yeah. obviously made a huge impact just from a vibe standpoint, from a personality standpoint. All right, just getting rolling here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. All calls can be heard at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 3776. We've got Bart Scott. We've got Mike Tannenbaum. I'm Jen Latta. We'll be right back after this. Finding the perfect hire can feel like searching for a needle in a bottomless haystack of resumes. Indeed makes hiring fast and simple with 135 skill tests to help candidates prove they have the experience your job requires. Their powerful hiring platform even helps you schedule and conduct Video interviews right on their site, which is probably why Indeed delivers four times more the hire than all the other job sites combined, according to TalentNest. To learn more about finding your next great hire, visit Indeed.com slash credit. One day after Carson Wentz undergoes foot surgery, the Colts all-pro guard Quentin Nelson does the same thing. The problem with this is Carson Wentz was a, was a, a, a redo quarterback anyway. 
This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. I said we're going, we're going, we're going full hood rat right here. Yeah, that. there's been a lot more excitement in Indianapolis than I'm sure the Colts would prefer this early in the season. Jen Latta, Bart Scott, and Mike Tannenbaum holding it down here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio and ESPN2, Sirius XM Channel 80, and of course your smart speakers. So Carson Wentz has foot surgery and is expected to miss 5 to 12 weeks. Now their Pro Bowl guard, Quentin Nelson, has foot surgery, and he is on a similar timeline, guys. Let's hear from head coach Frank Reich on maybe the difference between these two injuries. Carson's was an old injury that cropped up. Um, Q's was not an old injury. Q's was a developmental anomaly, something that he was kind of born with, something that you just, it's always there, you never know, you know, and then all of a sudden, here it is. Um, So they got there different ways, but essentially the same thing. You can't make that up, right? Was he making up a word? What, a, a, a what anomaly? anomaly? So what it was the there, and like it just kind of got shaken loose a little bit, right? Maybe his foot was stepped on or something, and that contributed to it. So assuming that they are out about the same amount of time, and I know that pain tolerance is going to come into play here, depending, yeah. you know, because that'll change when the, each of the guys come back. Which is the bigger injury for the Colts, Wentz or Nelson, Mike? You know, it's interesting. I'm going to go with Nelson because you can make an argument that he is the best player at his position in the NFL, he is a dominant difference maker. And that's really hard to say for a guard. But when you watch him play, he is a dominant player. And look, Carson Wentz, like, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit. There's so many unknowns about what he's going to be. This is a really good team. Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, they've done a great job. But let's face it, last couple of years, if we're being honest, like Carson Wentz has been a replaceable part. Quentin Nelson's been a dominant player. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Bart, you go in the same direction, or you think it's Carson Wentz? Absolutely not. I mean, you know, we all understand the importance of Quentin Nelson to their team. He's the linchpin of their of their offensive line. He sets the tempo. I mean, he's a road grader. I mean, outside of maybe Trent Williams, he has some of the most disrespectful blocks in all of football as far as his highlight tapes you know, road grading and pancaking everybody. But, you know, it's really Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz is the one who throw, who touches the ball every single play. So, in that regard, he has your fate. He has your fate in his hands every single play. And he's a guy, like, if, if Quentin Nelson has a down year and Carson Wentz has a tremendous year, 
they still they, they still can go to the Super Bowl. If it's vice versa, if Carson Wentz can't have an above average year somewhere in between what he was his MVP year and what he was last year, they have no shot in really going deep into the playoffs. So it's really Carson Wentz, and if he can maybe elevate everybody around him, be that force multiplier that Tannenbaum always talks about. That's straight talk, straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise, unless, Mike, you believe in what Jacob Eason can do as a backup, as the guy for the Colts this year. And look, I agree with you. Who? <laughs> I agree with you that he's an Iron Man. The offensive lineman is an Iron Man, and I think he has only allowed three sacks his entire time in Indianapolis. Doesn't he set the tone a little bit for going out there, being available? We always talk about availability being the most abil- best ability in the NFL. Yeah, Jay, and absolutely, and that's where they deserve so much credit. They have built this team really well on both sides of the ball, and you think about going to get DeForest Buckner and all the other players they have. They just re-signed Brian Smith, a, a, t- a very talented right tackle. So Jacob Eason is an interesting player. He's a big, strong-arm quarterback. He had a transfer from Georgia. That always, as an evaluator, guys, and maybe this is a little unfair, I always am concerned when a quarterback has to transfer. Like, Jacob Eason, if you're so good, win the job. He ran away from, from competition. <laughs> yeah. Now, again, little weird that Justin Fields had to leave there too. You yeah. know, that goes back to the Kirby Smart evaluate those positions correctly because Kirby's done such a good job at Georgia. Yeah. But that that is a little weird that how does Fromm win the job and those two guys have to leave. But, you know, Coach Parcells always used to say, like, when you're drafting a quarterback, especially later on, like, what's the developmental attribute? And you look at guys like Easton and they're, they're big, they're strong, can get the ball down the field. And this is a team led by T.Y. Hilton, Bart, they have a lot of weapons, and I'm a big Michael Pittman fan because of his physicality. So I think, look, if it's a couple games, could you probably hold serve with Eason? You may have a chance because it's such a good team. But to sit here and say, yeah. hey, you're going to go beat Tennessee and that offense that they have with Julio <laughs> Jones, I don't think there's any chance that Jacob Eason will be able to do that over a longer period of time if this Wentz injury goes too far. Well, and look at the schedule. The Seahawks, the Rams, at the Titans, (laughs) at the Dolphins, at the Ravens, as far as their first five. Yeah, all four of the five made the playoffs last year. But, yeah, you're looking at the Dolphins, who made steady improvements this year as well and could be in that playoff conversation. Um, So you don't like Brett Hudley and you don't like Jacob Eason, and (laughs) then they've got Sam Ellinger there. Eason's got to be the guy of those three options. Like, you know, Orlovsky and I were going at it yesterday, but like it's Nick Foles, Nick Foles, Nick Foles. Like the guy is making four million dollars. Yes, he knows the offense. Like let him. Like it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Go get him. Give a six-round pick to Chicago. If you're Chicago, yeah. you're going to cut him he's anyway. A, yeah, he's a third stringer. Like I and if Carson Wentz is worried about who his backup is, you got the wrong, wrong guy quarterback. Exactly. You want a guy that is a battlefield commander. And if Carson Wentz is worried about his backup, you probably have the wrong guy in Carson Wentz. Okay, but is that the narrative on Carson Wentz? Isn't that part of his whole package is that he kind of does worry about who's coming up behind him? I mean, but at this point, Nick Foles knows who he is. It's not like they're making a trade for Marcus Mariota or somebody who still believes they're a starter in this league. At this point, Nick Foles is just trying to hold a clipboard and collect as many checks as Josh McCown did, right? He's just in there like, listen, let me survive. Let me hang around. Let me be responsible and collect five to $6 million every year until the wheels fall off. Yeah, I just, like, for me, like, you want a battlefield commander. Like, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. You think any of them cared who their backup was? Yeah, Shane Falco. 
From the you know what I mean? Winners <laughs> always want the ball. Win, the win, <laughs> winners always want the ball, right? And if Carson Wentz is made out of what I believe that he's made out of, I think he comes back and he looks at you know a guy maybe like Nick Foles coming in as a as a blessing in disguise. The fact that he won't have as much pressure to try and rush back early. I mean, because you look at Nelson, Nelson's going to be under pressure to return back because he's the big, strong, big guy. He's supposed to be tough. Carson Wentz quarterbacks are judged differently. You know, everybody thinks that they're a little bit of divas, and not a lot of them are tough, even though, you know, Eli and, and, and Brady and, and Peyton never miss games. I think Nelson's going to be under the most pressure to be too, closer to that five-week threshold than that 12-week. Well, because he has, like I said, been an Ironman in the league. And I think, as you guys know, obviously, a young quarterback, if it is Eason under center, <laughs> his best friend, other than a run game, is a stout offensive line that can keep him off his butt. So it would be nice to get Nelson back in there. There is another name, guys, that you should keep an eye on, and that, of course, is Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, <laughs> who is on, coaching man. high school in Alabama, but said yesterday he is going to stay ready. <laughs> he is not ruling out a return to the NFL. Where's so, Josh McCown at, too, right now, TV? I was, I was just going to say, we got Call McCown, Jay Cutler back. Let's, yeah, Orlovsky, Hasselbeck. I mean, we could keep going. And, you know, look, Bart and I were around our good friend Rex Ryan. If Philip Rivers comes back, especially if Nelson's out, they're going to blitz in pregame. Like, yeah. He would have no move. chance, no chance whatsoever. Like, it's not that easy. It's not like you could just go sign and be a three-point shooter. Like, you talk about playing quarterback in the NFL. Like, what, what, what is his conditioning like? And unless that offensive line is perfect or they go max protection on every play, like, what are we doing here? There is definitely concern with one quarterback in Indianapolis, but what about the quarterback in Dallas? Mike mm. will tell you why he has a ton of concern about Dak, but that's after Bart has this from O'Reilly. When you need auto parts, O'Reilly.com is just a few clicks away. They offer a convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online at O'ReillyAutoParts.com and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. They'll bring it out to you curbside. Or you can choose to have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Get your auto parts quickly with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Visit O'Reilly.com today. There's no cause for concern whatsoever. Dak's going to be fine. There just doesn't seem to be a great amount of concern about it. If you feel a little bit of shoulder pain, take a day, two, off, and do your thing. Probably the result of overuse. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful 
for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Center right now, Sydney McLaughlin sets world record to win 400 meter hurdles at the Summer Olympics. The 21 year old from New Jersey won the gold medal, finishing in 51.46 seconds. Also in Tokyo, Team USA women's basketball defeats Australia 79 to 55 to move on to the quarterfinals. Stateside, it was a busy day in the NBA. Steph Curry gets a four year, $215 million extension from the Warriors. Curry is the first player in history to sign multiple. $200 million contracts. Must be nice. And the Lakers agreed to a one-year free agency contract with Carmelo Anthony. Anthony is, of course, an 18-year veteran and a 10-time All-Star, but he has never been to the NBA Finals. Trying to change that this year. SportsCenter is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your home, car, motorcycle, commercial auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. NFL Training Camp 2021 with Keyshawn Johnson, the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys training camp is going to be crazy when you think about the Achilles heel for them a year ago. It was the defense. They went out and got Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator to short things up for them. They drafted uh, Michael Parsons out of Penn State. So when you look at what they're capable of doing on the defensive side of the ball, offensively, they're explosive. We know what they have. All they got to worry about is keeping Dak Prescott upright and controlling the clock with Ezekiel Elliott. And if they do that with a stout defense, watch out, Cowboys. This is the biggest season ever. The countdown to the NFL season continues. Weekday mornings with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Oh, he's going back in his back. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. Jen Latta, Bart Scott, and Mike Tannenbaum holding it down until 7 o'clock this morning. The NFL, guys, is just one sleep away. Steelers and Cowboys get it going Thursday night in the annual (laughs) Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. Of course, it's resuming after taking off last year due to the pandemic. But you probably won't see the starters, at least the quarterbacks, out there on the field. The Cowboys will not play Dak Prescott. He suffered a setback with his shoulder recovery. He could resume throwing next week. Mike McCarthy said Prescott would throw a few days after the injury, but after a planned meeting with the medical staff on Monday, they decided to keep him out just a little bit longer. Let's hear from Dallas's head coach. You know, after the research and and, and looking at it, we just don't want this to turn into something something big. So it's um, he's doing everything that he possibly can, and uh, but we're just we're just being a little more conservative with rehab. If it was in season, I think it'd be a different outlook, you know, different focus. But this, you know, because of where we are, having the extra week, uh, we just want to make sure this doesn't turn into something bigger. 
Preseason football is always interesting. You never know how many snaps the starters are going to get, but I believe Dak wanted to get some snaps because he was coming off of an injury last year just to kind of get those live reps again. So, Mike, I'll start with you. How concerned should Dallas fans be? Absolutely. I'd be hugely concerned, and here's why. You're talking about your starting quarterback who you're paying $40 million a year, (laughs) hasn't played in a year, and he's already had an injury, and it's that old axiom, guys. Quarterbacks throw with their legs. Vinny Testaverde, Dan Marino, they're going to go to the grave being able to throw the ball. What did them in were lower foot injuries. Achilles in Vinny's case. Dan at the end had you know foot and ankle issues. And if Dak Prescott is being – I'm sure you guys heard what Tim Hasselbeck said, but if he's nicked up now in the first week of August mm-hmm. – you know, we were talking about the NBA earlier about being a marathon. This is an 18-week, 17-game marathon, guys. And if he's sore today – What's going to happen by Thanksgiving? And I'm very bullish on Dallas, very bullish on Dan Quinn and and all their weapons. But this is, make no mistake about it, this is not a minor injury. We're not talking about, you know, his left wrist or non-throwing shoulder. This is a guy that hasn't played in a year, already has soreness in the shoulder, and now they're pushing it back. those, Those, to me, are ominous concerns. And what we're saying, Mike, is the compensation, right? We're talking about compensation from whatever's changed in his mechanics because maybe he's not planning off that back foot the same Oh, not way. like money compensation. You're oh, yeah. about physical compensation. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me clarify. The yeah. injury. Yeah, the yeah. compensation. Like Biomechanical. I tell, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like I tell everybody all the time, right, I had you know, total reconstruction of my great toe. So now when I go train, I got left knee tendonitis. And to me, it looks like I, or I feel like I run the same. I just don't know, but it changed my gait. So something's changed in his mechanics because he's compensating for the, um, you know, the rehab or something got too strong or, you know, your body's all about balance, right? You know, I tell people all the time, you can't, you can't do curls if you don't do triceps, right? Because what happens is it throws everything out of whack. Just, you need the same push-pull. So the fact that his mechanics are, are off and that he's experiencing pain in his shoulder already, you think about the labrum, you think about the rotator cup, and you think about him throwing the, ball, the football differently. You know, Bart, it's interesting you say that. Like, Coach Parcells would always say to a quarterback, hey, we squat, we clean for exactly those reasons. Yeah. Like, you need a really sturdy foundation. And, you know, to Dak's credit, like, he worked really hard to come back from that injury. Yeah. But it just seems like, to your point, where if you're working on that foundation, now all of a sudden you're introducing throwing. And I'm sure, being the competitive guy, he probably went out and did too much. Going too hard. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to overreact here, but it's the throwing shoulder of your star quarterback. Not a nothing burger. It is not a nothing burger, no question about it. And if I'm them, I may come out and say, hey, we're going to shut him down until, you know, third week in August and reevaluate. Because, again, I know, yeah. like, we're all – we want to see him out there. We want to see him with C.D. Lamb and everybody else. Yeah. But That's I'm much not... more concerned if I'm Dallas. Like, how are you going to look in uh, Thanksgiving? Yeah, this is, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And I think if I'm them, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do a total body reassessment of Dak Prescott. We have something called the FMS, right, where we go through our functional motor skills, and it shows us where we're deficient at mm-hmm. and where we're weak at. And it's all about balance. It's not about – people think, oh, you know, everybody, you, you go into the gym, how much you bench? It's, it's not about that. It's about my pliability, my elasticity, right, and my ability to be able to, to be, like – be fluid, right? That's why you hear about elasticity. That's why you think about boxers, right? The the guys that have the most punching power, guys who have you know like a nice range of motion and elasticity. And re- really, right now, you know, Dak is focused on his lower body. How much attention was he paying? 
playing to his lats and to his shoulder and things of that sort. And now his body's off whack. So I would, I would send him through an FMS test and give him a bunch of prehab workout and exercise that he's going to have to do to try and create some balance with the stabilizer muscles. So you are going to hear the name Garrett Gilbert an awful lot as he is the backup there in Dallas. What should people know about him? And, and listen, uh, they opened the season against Tampa Bay, so it's not like they get to kind of, you know, slow step their way Goliath. into the season. They go right up against the And, and, and somebody on the set was dumb enough to pick Dallas to win that game. So, you know, <laughs> put, that prediction, by the way, guys, was firmly etched in pencil, so I'm taking yeah, exactly. Too. Flip it yeah, over. Yeah, no, Gilbert's – look, he, he's a competent backup. Look, he's not as good as Andy Dalton, and yeah. there's a big, big drop-off. For them to be successful, Jen, any chance to win is, hey, we're going to hand the ball off to Zeke, right. and that's why we have Zeke, and you're just going to have to play yeah. a different style of game. And I think Dan Quinn's going to impact this defense. It's not going to happen overnight, and that's where you would think early on, hey, Dak's going to put enough points on the board, right. let that defense get better and better. And right. if, if they have to go with Gilbert – it's just going to be a different type of offense. Right. See, okay. the, the problem is when you look at this schedule, right, Buccaneers and Chargers, these are guys that can put points up on the board offensively. So how, how early on in the season will it force Dak to get up to those 30 to 40 throws a game, which could irritate – you know. I, I firmly believe that Ben Roethlisberger kind of didn't have the arm strength coming back from Tommy John's because he just threw the ball too much, and eventually that shoulder got tired and he couldn't be able to, to step through his throws. Same thing you have to watch for, for for Dak Prescott. Like, we always talk about carpet tunnel, things of that sort, right, which is basically just the, the inflammation within the joints, which stops you from being able to recover. And, you know, that, that's something that I would be concerned with. But they can't get away the first couple of games not putting Dak at risk. Like, now after that, when you go to the Eagles, you go to the Panthers, of course you can do that because you can run and win ugly and you can kind of break them down in the third quarter. Listen, Herbert's going to always be in the game. Tom Brady's going to always be in the game. They're going to need Dak Prescott best performance early in the season. All right, well, speaking of those Steelers, they obviously take on the Cowboys in Thursday night's game, and we are hearing from Art Rooney that he is not ruling out Big Ben playing again in 2022, guys. He says it's not written in stone <laughs> that this is his last year. He told a small group of reporters on at camp on Tuesday. He said, we are aware this could be Ben's last year. We hope it's a great one. That's as far as we can go with it right now. Obviously, if this is his last year, the next year we'll be making decisions on a quarterback and we'll address it as the time comes. Roethlisberger, of course, is 39 years old, guys, and he struggled mightily down the stretch, as you know. And Bart, I know you know, they started out real strong yeah. and then it felt like the wheels fell off in part because Big Ben struggled. Nine turnovers in his final six games. How much do you think is left in the tank here? I think it's still plenty left in the tank simply because NFL players are so dumb. Like, you have no idea. <laughs> like, no, seriously. Like, like no, seriously. I talked to Frank Gore, and I can say it now because he's retired. I was like, yo, man, how are you still being able to play? He was like, man, Bart, these players are stupid, man. Like, these linebackers are so dumb. He was like, they don't understand my splits, my cuts, my depth. Like, all the things that, you know, guys from the old school used to have to be masters at, right? The, the football acumen. The little things. These guys just think they can run fast and be strong, and that's not the game. The game is played also from every every position on the on the, on the field from the shoulders up. And like these guys just think they can run around, and they don't understand the fundamentals, right? They don't understand how to get get off of blocks and disgage. So Big Ben, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady. That's the reason why Tom is doing it because I'm watching Tom Brady. You know. 
beat people, a new, a new set of linebackers, right, because he's outlasting them all, so they haven't seen his Jedi mind tricks. They fall for the same thing. Like, I mean, how often in New England did we used to see them go to an empty set and motion a running back, back in the backfield to figure out if it was a uh, man or zone and then run a legal pick play, and the linebackers still don't communicate and fall for the same banana in the tailpipe. So guys like Ben Roethlisberger, and the reason why you're seeing guys play and perform at a high level is because the football acumen and half the players are – I'm telling you, it is amazing. I just look – I break down and say, these are the dumbest football players I've ever seen in my life. That's why you don't see dominant defenses because they just get dictated by the offense. They have no idea, what, no clue what's happening to them. And if Frank Gore wants to call up and explain why these guys are so dumb to back me up so I won't be out here on the cliff when they're like, I'm not dumb. Yes, you are. I was seeing on film. You have no clue what the hell was coming. No anticipation. And Bart, well, that's a wonderful preamble. It's over for Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, and, here, oh. and here's why. They have three new offensive linemen. When we trade yep. for Brett Favre, Brett said, hey, I need one thing. I'm like, Brett, we just trade for you. We'll go rename the George Washington Bridge, whatever you need. He's like, I need a really smart, strong, pass-protecting running back. So I know that the protections are solidified. I know when he's going to be hot. And Najee Harris, who I think is going to be a really good player, Jen, we don't know if he can pass-protect. So you have three new offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. You have a rookie running back. You have a guy that's 39 years old that's made over $200 million. Mm -hmm. He was 29th in the NFL last year in yards per pass attempt. Tell me in the history of pro football the 39-year-old quarterback who's going to hang in there and get the ball down the field despite a rebuild offensive line, despite a rookie running back, and you've made $200 million. Like, your body only has so many hits in it. I just don't see this working. And coming off of a season where their run game was worst in the NFL in terms of yards, speaking of the Steelers, ESPN.com ranked most and least improved teams this offseason. And the Steelers, guys, they were dead last. Uh, the Jaguars were first. Is that a fair assessment of the Steelers' situation right now, that, that they were dead last in who made the most improvements this year? Well, I think part of it is, you know, as we talked about, is, you know, some of those teams like Jacksonville had so far to go. Right. But I think when you look at Pittsburgh, if I, I'm just surprised that they didn't say to DeCastro or Pouncey, hey, let's get one more year. Mm-hmm. Like, because, Bart, you know this, the relationship between the quarterback and the center is a very special one. And that's, to me, of all the things we've talked about, the fa- fact that Pouncey's not there. If Roethlisberger doesn't trust the protections, we thought that the field shrank on him a year ago. That clock is going to be so sped up. And if I know sitting here watching them that he's not getting the ball down the field despite the Juju Smith-Schusters and the Claypools of the world, you don't think the opposing team quarterback uh, coordinator is going to have you know these safeties squat, compress the field, now those windows get smaller. And I just think because the rebuild offensive line him getting rid of the ball so fast, it's just going to be hard for them to be successful. Now listen, I am the biggest Steelers hater, right? You know, people always say, oh, Mr. Can't Wait, right? You hate the Patriots. No, I hate the Steelers. Because guess what? In my career, the Steelers have stopped me from going to the Super Bowl. Not once, but twice, right? So this pains me to even give them any type of credit, right? My code may not work when I go over there to one, you know, when I go over to the Ravens facility and I try and go in. <laughs> Manny not going to make me no eggs, right? The, you know, the, he not going to make me no omelets. He's saying my omelets privileges are, 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 are cut out, right? Revoked? It revoked. One thing I know about the Pittsburgh Steelers, by having to face them probably more than any team in the history, right? You know, sometimes three times a year because we always made the playoffs and ended up having to play each other in the playoffs as well. One thing I know is the Steelers never 
panic, right? I can name, name me the position, name me the great player, and I'll tell you the, that how easily they replace him. Remember, Alan Fanica came in, and he was a great Hall of Fame, going to the Hall of Fame this week. Oh, when he left, oh, they, 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 thought, the, they thought the sky was falling, right? All they did was go to, like, Willie Colon, Kimo Kiamatu, right? You think about the, the, the Kevin Greens and the Jason Gildens. Oh, how are they ever going to replace those great players? All they did was come with Joey Porter. Oh, Joey Porter's great. Joey Porter leaves, right? Oh, how are they going to replace him? All they do is go Lamar Whitley, and all they do is go James Debo Harris, right? Oh, D- Debo's gone. Like, what's going to happen? They're going to struggle. Oh, T.J. Watt, right? And I can go on and on from San Antonio Holmes to Plexico Burks, Antonio hey, Brown, Bart. Emmanuel Sanders. You just went on and on. Right, see? Exactly, exactly. You know when I <laughs> say I the butt, you. You know you when I say the butt, way, I'm saying you're for the butt. But do you feel that way about the quarterback position? Do you feel that way about Mason Rudolph? Do you feel that way about Dwayne Haskins? No, listen, Tooth the Truth ain't going to never play, man. Like, Tooth the Truth Haskins ain't playing. We ain't worried about him, right? Listen, he, he's trying to get his life back on track, let alone his football career. So we're not worried about that. But what I'm trying to tell you is Ben Roethlisberger, yes, he threw the passes, more short passes than anybody last year. Because guess what? That was an extension of the running game, right? What happens now? All those windows that were closed last year, linebackers stepping up because it was no threat, you know, not stepping up because it wasn't a threat at a run. Those guys are going to start inching forward because guess what? Listen, Najee Harris is a throwback. Pittsburgh's still a running back. This ain't James Conner. This is somewhere between Amos Irway and the bus. This is a guy that will step on your chest. And if you don't step up when you think it's a run as a linebacker, you're going to be on this ESPN highlight tape. But, Bart, I agree with that. I love Najee Harris. But when your offensive line isn't good enough, and I have been there when you have a below average offense, it doesn't yeah. matter. But you, we don't. But we don't know that, TB. We don't. What I'm saying about the Steelers, we never know who's in their pipeline. These are one of the best organizations in developing talent. They don't go out and they don't go out and, and go trade for big time offensive linemen. They always have one in the pipeline that we never. How many, how many people have ever heard of Willie Colon before he became a dominant, you know, you know, offensive lineman? Totally there? fair. I have a lot of respect for Kevin Colbert, that whole organization. Mike Tomlin is to me a very underrated coach. With that said, it's hard to replace one, maybe two, but when you're to replace three offensive linemen yes. in one year with an abbreviated offseason, I'm skeptical. And you can have Gail Sayer, yes. No, no, I was gonna say you make a great point about Mike Tomlin because I think he's, he's never created, had a losing season. He's created yeah. an incredible culture there right. with the Steelers. And you can have Gail Sayers back there, but if your offensive line isn't good and again, yes. Three of them in one year, I'm just really skeptical. But what's the best what's the best thing that you do for an offensive line that's not that talented? Rush the passer and play good defense. No, you run the ball, right? Exactly. You run the ball. So you look at the Steelers. The Steelers might have the best defense in that division, right? They might have the they got the one they got the best safety. They got some of the best defense linemen. They have the best pass rusher within the di- division. No disrespect to Miles Garrett. But just last season, if T.J. Watt stays healthy, he may be the defensive MVP of the league. He's been that, that dominant since he's been there. Got a great young linebacker. They have everything that Pittsburgh has always traditionally had. And I always use this, and anybody that's been listening to this show knows what I said. It's always once a man, twice a baby. Right, And I say once a man, twice a baby, that is a football term. You come into this league and you're not good enough to carry the team and the team carries you. Then Ben Roethlisberger became, you know, the perennial pro bowler and he's carrying the team as he lost some of his weapons because how much money he makes. Now he's back to the beginning. He lost some money, right? It's going to be some people in the secondary market that's available. You know that it's going to be some good players that's going to get cut. They'll bring a lineman in or two to kind of create some depth. And they'll be just fine. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are always a threat. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17.
part. I love that. You went on and on for about five minutes. And then you're like, I like to go on and on. <laughs> and I'm like, you are. Couple of semicolons, you were good. You know what I'm saying? Pause for awkwardness and dramatic. <laughs> Your I am bent. So I we've talked about the fact that Hall of Fame week is here. The 2020 class and the 2021 class will be inducted this weekend. And one of those inductees just happens to be John Lynch. He was on the Adam Schefter podcast and he said that Jimmy Garoppolo, guys, wait for it, is playing the best football since he arrived in San Francisco. Let's take a listen. Him being here, I think, has brought the best out of Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Jimmy's a uh, a big-time competitor. And, uh, you know, we haven't played a game yet, but in practice in the offseason and in practice in training camp thus far, he's playing his best football since he's been here. And he's played a lot of good football. You just look at his record. And so people say, well, what do you do if they're both playing great? That's a great, another great problem to have, and, and we'll deal with that when it comes. Jimmy's best football since he's been there? Yeah, he really is playing at a high level, and you know I don't want to talk about it too much as as I'm doing so in front of millions of people. But it, it it's something everyone's recognizing. He's really playing at a high level, and that's the that's the type of competitor. That's what com- competitors do when when they're challenged. Uh, they rise to the occasion, and, and I think he's doing a great job of that. So the football fan in me guy says, "Hey, that is great news. Good for Jimmy G." But then the conspiracy theorist in me says. Hmm. Is this a tactic by Lynch to drive up interest in Jimmy G because he is getting ready to trade him? I'll go to our resident front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum, on that. What say you? Which direction should I believe? Yeah, Jen, that was a total infomercial about, hey, mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo is available. and you Call like, now! Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, we're proudly presented by Progressive, and, like, here we are. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo, like, it was like an ad sale. And, look, I've been there. And John's just doing his job. And, look, they gave up so much for Trey Lance. Everyone knows yeah. he's their future. Yeah. It's not a matter of if but when. But here's one thing that's interesting. Here's the conversation, guys, between Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G, which is, look, if you play great and you've been 24-9 as a starter here, you're going to make a lot of money next year. You're going to be in that $40 million a year club. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, you can take us deep into the playoffs. So we know you're not going to be here next year. You know you're not going to be here yeah. next year. But this could be a win-win. And look, you know, this is what's so interesting about our sport, which is if we go back a half a dozen years ago, Carson Wentz is going to sit behind Sam Bradford. Teddy Bridgewater has that weird practice injury. Bradford gets traded. The rest is history. And I'm not saying this is going to happen, but is there a Jimmy G to Indy conversation at some point? Now, all of a sudden, does Trey Lance start? You know, in the next ten minutes? Well, well, he took you know first team reps last last uh, yesterday, I believe. And I want to ask you something before we go, and it's like a little controversial. Like, you know, we really don't always talk about this. You know what I mean? But, you know, I'm the keeping the real goals wrong. To me, John Lynch is a great player, right? He's a Hall of Fame person. He's not a Hall of Fame football player. I think he's a team, but he's a very good dude. But I think, you know, sometimes, like, you know, you know, guys like Rodney Harris and, and people that we think deserve him. If, if John Lynch is a Hall of Famer, then Rodney Harrison is a Hall of Famer. And it's not about, you know, how great a person you is. It's about what you did on the football field. One of the NBA's marquee franchises like is back. That's that next. KJZ on ESPN Radio and <laughs> yeah. Sirius.